The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us again here on Winning Ponies Radio. We've got some exciting racing on tap for you. We got boots on the grounds in Florence, Kentucky, and we're going to talk to one of the most influential men in racing, and that would be Eric Hamelback. He's the CEO of the National Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. You know them as the HBPA. But what a background this guy has. I mean, he was an athlete in high school. Uh, He was a top polo player. Uh, He began in Versailles, Kentucky, as a yearling manager. Uh, Then he was offered a position at Adena Springs. Uh, And uh, now he heads up the largest horseman's group in North America. So certainly has a great backstory, but they also had their national convention last week. And we're going to find out a little bit more about the HBPA, where they started, how they operate, and where they are headed, and how they benefit racing in the United States. Uh, now, Joe Christofek, you've seen him all over the place as a handicapper, whether on the internet or doing races from uh, Chicago uh, to Churchill Downs. Well, this week he's going to be in Florence, Kentucky, y'all, because it is points day for the Oaks and Kentucky Derby at Turfway Park. The race for the boys the grade three, half a million dollar. This year it's called the Jack Cincinnati Casino Spiral. You got to stay up on the name of this race for sure. And um, brings together an inseparable field. I, I'm dying to find out uh, who uh, Joe likes. Uh, then there's for the ladies, it's it's the Bourbonette Oaks. And for aspiring horses, some of them nominated the Triple Crown that just couldn't get in the Jam Pack Spiral. There is the Rushaway Stakes, and there's a plethora of horses trained by Mike Maker and a plethora of horses by the former champion Hanson, who I believe left the U.S. way too soon. Okay, now Joe used to be on the Dubai Notes team among many of the items that uh, he has done over the years. So he's going to kind of chime in on uh, us on the races over in Dubai. Okay, so Eric and Joe will be our guest on the show this evening. Uh, a lot of good racing on tap from coast to coast. Again, we're going to be keying in on Turfway because of all those key races. Uh, but the bottom line is you want to go to winningponies.com, pull down those easy win forms, and we'll give you out some great picks. Had a great St. Patrick's Day at Laurel. The Luck of the Irish, a $1 super, paid $1,791. 
and uh, the Shamrocks were smiling at Golden Gate on Patty's Day. A $1 Super 5 box paid $1,351. Of course, uh, we continue to do uh, very well at Turf Paradise, a very selective track that often brings you big fields. We had a $1 Super that paid $1,381 and a $1 Super that uh, Paid just shy of that, 1319 So, after we talk to the professional handicappers, take a look at the weekend's card and you make sure that you get your easy win forms because there's good racing all over the place and plenty of money to be made. Also, uh, this week there is a grade two out at Santa Anita. It's the San Luis Ray, 200000 for four years old and up. At Aqueduct, nice sprint, the Cicada. Six furlongs, $100,000 for three-year-olds. And a slew of good races at Gulfstream Park with the grade three skip away being their best on Saturday. So, again, take a look at those races. They're all over the place. Well, it looks like mastery is going to stand at Claiborne Farm upon retirement. Of course, we uh, told you the story last year. The three-year-old son of Candy Ride, as Stallion and I have always told you I've loved from day one, um, had uh, took the San Felipe by six and three quarters that put him in the leading contenders for this year's Kentucky Derby. But off camera, all of a sudden you heard that Mike Smith pulled him up quickly and quickly dismounting, sensing something was wrong. Now, it looks like he did have a calendar fracture in the left front. They say that the surgery was successful on March 13th and um, that uh, he is going very well. He's going to be given time off to recover and a decision will be made later to his racing career. Of course, you know, in these situations when you have an undefeated, multiple graded stakes winner with some outstanding breeding, uh, it's going to be uh, kind of a tough decision because you hate to put him back in in training and uh, A, worry that something's going to happen and B, just not see his former self. So he's going to be added to the mighty powerful and always selective Claiborne farm roster. So uh, mastery will be coming back to Kentucky. He was bred there by stone farm and was purchased by Gatewood Bell's Cromwell bloodstock for $425,000. And in just those few starts, Paid his way back, 511200 So we will stay tuned to that. Well, last week we talked about California Chrome shuttling to Chile. The week before that, it was American Pharaoh shuttling to Australia. And now we hear that three-time grade one winner Frosted, who's the highest rated son of leading North American sire Tappet, is going to join the Darley Stallion roster at Northwood Park when he, too, shuttles to Australia. Uh, Also shuttling will be a uh, French group stakes winner, Territories, who comes from the family of Street Cry. So, uh, again, I, you know, certainly, uh, I guess in one sense, I'm envious of these horses because of the action they're getting. But on the other hand, I hope we don't, uh, tire them out or thin out the breed with just too much of specific bloodlines uh, being spread across the country. So uh, Frosted did enter stud at Darley at Johnabelle this year for the fee of $50,000. 
Uh, he's out of the graded stakes winner, a multiple black type producer, fast cookie. So he won five graded stakes races, uh, compiled a record of six wins, six sex and seconds, and two-thirds for earnings of just short of $4 million. So uh, the, the tap at Bloodline, traveling the world. Well, again, we're going to uh, be talking to uh, Joe Christofek about uh, things that are happening over in Dubai. We understand that Arrogate uh, powered down the Maidan race course stretch, half-mile breeze. This was about three days ago in preparation for the big one, the $10 million Dubai World Cup, sponsored by Emirate Airlines. Uh, Baffert said he didn't have a stopwatch on him, but he probably went about 50 for the distance because that's what they were uh, they were pointing for. But he has said he's handling everything well of the journey, uh, the quarantine, and everything else, adjusting the track, and that he looks good. So uh, we'll find out if uh, he's the super horse that he has shown that he is so far. But he had to cross the ocean uh, to get there. So good luck uh, to, to Bob Baffert and to Arrogate. Of course, he's also got uh, last year's World Cup third place finish opportunity over there uh, to compete. And he says he's been training better than he ever has and really loves it here. Another Baffert trainee and an older horse that we're glad to see that uh, that he's uh, kept in training. Also over there with the Americans, Winchell Thoroughbreds Three Chimneys Farm gun runner. Uh, he's going to get a feel um, he did get a feel on Monday morning, went 49-4. and four. Uh, Scott Blassie, the assistant to Steve Asmussen, is over there watching him in Dubai. So, again, get up early and uh, get out. I know a, a lot of tracks are, uh, are featuring the races from Dubai, but uh, you will have to uh, get out of bed a little bit early. Uh, now, Quattar Racing did buy an interest in Neolithic uh, so they can have uh, a shot at getting a piece of the Dubai World Cup. Uh, Neolithic, again, uh, four-year-old son of Harlan's Holiday, came out third in the $12 million Pegasus World Cup Invitational Stakes. So uh, right now he's got earnings of $1.1 million. And Sheikh Fahad was keen to purchase Neolithic and felt that he has potential to go on with grade one races and be an exciting stallion. So uh, we're going to uh, stay tuned. But remember, get up early Saturday. Uh, sorry to hear this. It doesn't look like it's career-ending or anything, but Songbird's uh, training has been delayed by a minor injury. Uh, at uh, uh, They've been saying that according to the racing manager for Rick Porter's Fox Hill Farm, the four-year-old daughter of Medaglia Diero had some filling in her leg after kicking a wall in her stall a couple weeks ago, so it wasn't even racing-related. Uh, so, um the uh, Jerry Hollendorfer trained Philly will begin going through some timed workouts and could return to racing in two or three months. Sorry to see that setback, as I know a lot of people were looking forward to her returning to the races. All right, speaking of races, let's take a look at the top races from last week. Of course, uh, a race that has big implications on the Kentucky Derby. The Grade Two Rebel at Oaklawn Park, and it was Malagasy. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to get that name down. Who stalked in second and just kicked clear by two. Currently undefeated from the Pletcher Barn, Javier Castellano in the saddle. As you may recall, American Anthem was the big favorite in there. Faded to 10th in the Rebels. So, uh, Malagasy uh, kicked clear by two in the uh, second spot was Sonatier. Slightly overlooked, 112 to 1, rallied from 10th, is nominated to the Triple Crown. And in the third spot was Untrapped, an Asmussen trainee who's making its Oaklawn Park debut. Then the girls' race, four points, and it was Streamline who took over at the three-quarter pole and won by a length, trainer Brian Williamson. This horse loves Oaklawn Park, has never been off the board, and now claims the grade to Azari on her resume. In the second spot was Eskin for Money, a Pletcher trainee. And third was Tiger Moth. Then at Oaklawn, it was the Essex Handicap. Quarter million dollars on the line. And the odds on choice, more spirit. Kick clear. People were wondering why Mike Smith wasn't out at Santa Anita riding in the Santa Margarita. Now we know Moore Smith got the job done in the Essex Handicap, uh, easily won by two and a half lengths over Domain's Wrap, 15 to one shot, who just lasted over Made from Lucky. And we finished out our handicapping segment at Santa Anita, and it was Rafael Bayerano deputizing for Mike Smith. And he got Val Dory home, and it was no surprise. Went off just longer than even money, paid 460 to win. In the second spot was Finest City, and running third on the inside, Autumn Flower. All right, those were the big races we reviewed last week. This week, we're going to be going to Turfway Park, but before we do that, we're going to go to Central Kentucky and talk to Eric Hamelback of the HBPA. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Eric Hamelbeck, the CEO of the National Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. He's the former general manager of the outstanding breeding operation, Frank Stronach's Adina Springs Farm, and he resides in one of the prettiest places in North America, Paris, Kentucky. I love that town. I would continue on yeah. with his resume, but this is only a 15-minute spot. Eric, welcome to Winning Ponies. <laughs> John, thank you so much for having us on. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great honor and appreciate everything you do, and I'm really happy to be here. Well, uh, Eric, l- let's go back. I like to rewind everything and find out about uh, the, the personality. Obviously, I know that uh, as a young man, uh, you, you were involved in sports uh, to the point that you yeah. were an all-state linebacker uh, in your junior <laughs> and senior year, but then like so many, you, you got hurt. What, at, at, were you at the same time involved with racing, or what was the road that got you to the backstretch? Well, interestingly enough, uh, yes, and I almost start my professional career as a sophomore in high school working on uh, the training center in Benton, Louisiana, uh, during the summers, um, grooming layups uh, from a surgery facility there, a veterinary clinic, and um, really kind of got the bug I uh, had a cousin that was a veterinarian on the racetrack, and they worked Louisiana Downs, New Orleans, and, and Oakland at the time. And and I really got into just helping those guys out and grooming horses uh, as they came back from surgery and really just took off from there. Um, and then ended up going on to LSU when I, when I couldn't fulfill my scholarship and uh, got down there, found a niche, got into uh, – managing research herds at the veterinary school and got to work with some amazing guys and really just turned away from the veterinary aspect and went into the management side. So yeah, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a great road for me. Started early. Um, you know, as a kid, my goal was to be a veterinarian and grew up on a cattle farm. But once I got into the racetrack, it was, it was all done. It was all done from there. You know, it's always tough to uh, to leave your comfort zone, but uh, you you decided to uh, to move out of uh, of Louisiana and you made the jump in, into Central Kentucky. Uh, what determined that move? And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the places you've been since. Absolutely, yeah. I had an opportunity um, through a again, again a veterinarian at the veterinary school at LSU to meet with, uh, at the time, the director of the AAEP. Uh, his name is Gary Carpenter, still a close friend. I came up to Kentucky and stayed with him for a weekend and got to visit a few farms. Um, still Dan Rosenberg, longtime general manager at Three Chimneys. He and I still laugh. He was the very first uh, farm interview I ever had, uh, he and Gary Bush. And uh, in that visit, I also got to meet um, Rich Decker, who at the time was the general manager for Prestonwood Farm. Uh, Prestonwood was owned by three brothers, uh, Art, Jack, and J.R. Preston out of Texas, and they had a beautiful farm on Pisgah Pike. Um, went back home to Louisiana, got out of college, uh, worked the racetracks 
for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I was at Oaklawn Park and got a call from Rich Decker and said, Hey man, I need a yearling manager. And I, uh, that was, that was April. And I moved to Kentucky in September of 94 and it just kind of exploded from there. Um, got lucky in that I, I actually played farm basketball with the, at the time, the yearling manager for Adina Springs and became a close friend, Sergio DeSosa. And, uh, he said, Hey, I'm leaving and I'm moving over to Stoner side. You ought to, you ought to talk, talk to Adina and see if you can move into that spot. So interviewed, got the interview with Frank Stronic, um, right after they won the Derby. I'm sorry, right after they won the Belmont with touch gold. And, and so that was, that was 97 and started work with them and, and just kind of grew from there. Well, uh, Eric, we need to, to, to segue uh, into the National Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. I know you had one of yeah. your national meetings recently. Um, tell people what the HBPA is, kind of mm-hmm. when it was developed, and how it's evolved over the years. Absolutely. Well, the, the HBPA, um, as as by definition, is the representative horsemen's group. Uh, and there are three uh, within the United States, although the National HBPA is the largest of the three, and we actually go into and say we cover North America. We have several affiliates in Canada. But honestly, it, in 1940, if you go all the way back to 1940, before a lot of the other alphabet soup organizations were around in our industry, uh, National HBPA came on the scene uh, in order to help support horsemen and horsemen's rights, and it evolved uh, all the way into being a designated representative, and now we are um, represented through the Interstate Horse Racing Act, um, uh, again, the federal legislation that controls simulcasting, and we help, uh, we like to um, help govern uh, our entities, whether it be owners, trainers, and then owner-trainers as well as fulfilling many, many benevolent needs throughout the country on the side for now, uh, from coast to coast. Well, I was uh, with uh, your uh, one of your top representatives in Ohio this week on two occasions, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Bassler. On Saturday, yeah. we had our Ohio uh, Banquet Awards, and uh, he... Uh, gave the uh, Thoroughbred Charities of America Award to Anna Ford, who f- uh, founded New Vocations, an outstanding group here, and the HBPA yeah. donated them $50,000. Last year alone, New, Vo- New Vocations took 66 horses from the tracks in Ohio alone. So it, it, I, I can understand the support that you are giving uh, other organizations. Now, of course, uh, we talked off the air about uh, one of your representatives, uh, Jenny Reese, and how busy she's been keeping mm-hmm. she Kept kept me up to date on all your speakers at your convention, and and a guy that I've always uh, respected. I knew him since he was a, a PR guy like me back in the day, and that's uh, Corey Johnson. And uh, kind of it seemed to that the the, the theme of, of his presentation uh, to the HBPA was uh, that by working together we can improve the sport and generate more revenue. Of course, Corey speaks 
as a racetrack owner and operator, uh, but he sees the value in that. Um, how do you see the HBPA working closer with the tracks? It was something we discussed in our meeting today in in kind of segueing the Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners with the Ohio HBPA mm-hmm. and how we can work together to get the tracks to help us because ultimately if they do we're going to help them by bringing more people to the racetracks absolutely i mean the key there and you touched on it john is, is partnerships and that's the message that Corey, uh having the having been able to get to know him through the years now and, and both having worked for frank uh we've got a good connection but the partnership aspect um whether it be within racetrack management and the horseman's group or, as you're saying, within the breeder, breeder organizations and, and the horseman's representative at the racetracks, we have to. I mean, ultimately, John, you know this as well as I do, uh, our sport is dependent on us working cohesively and working as well as we can together in order to bring, A, fans to the racetrack and, and B, continue to keep a quality uh, quality entertainment, if you want to call it, uh, entertainment at the racetrack to which fans will, will be there. And for all of us, it's imperative that we, we try to move the needle together instead of working against each other. And that's a message that Corey is, uh, well versed in, uh, not only, not only in his, in his practices, uh, from day to day, but, but he believes it and he lives it and he preaches it. Yeah, he really does. And again, uh, he, like yourself, um, has a lot of hands-on experience. I know that uh, he's raced and and he stood stallions, and I believe he still partners in in horses at the track. I mean, he's a guy that just embraces the sport. And because I knew him for like 20 years ago when his job was to promote the sport, that this is a guy that's absolutely in the right position as a track owner because he gets it. He does. He does. And, and, you know, and, and there's a lot of, lot of, uh, racetrack owners and managers out there that are on that same level. Uh, we're happy to have Corey here in Kentucky and to be so progressive with his efforts and, and his innovations that have brought a lot to Kentucky and make, and that is starting to spread, uh, as well. Uh, and it really fed into our panel, um, where Corey also sat uh, along with Randy Sampson, the co-owner of Canterbury Park, and Great then guy. another close friend, of, yeah, another close friend of mine, Mike Rogers, who's currently the president of, of Frank's Bastronic Group. Um, you know that was an amazing panel again, set up to really educate our audience and and hopefully those that'll eventually be able to to listen online, um, but to really talk about three extremely successful um, groups and owner groups that are working well with horsemen's representatives in order to bring a good product, maintain a good product, and ultimately do what's best for what what is a huge campaign of mine, and that's the owners. Uh, again, I, I truly feel, and I can't see how anybody could argue with me, if we don't have the owners, we don't have the product. And we've got to take care of the owners in this in this business and make sure that um, they are as profitable as possible and that they are able to have um, you know, quality horses that, that come to them and then ultimately put on a great show and gain our fan base. A- absolutely. And uh, 
<clears throat> Corey said something in his presentation um, that uh, I, I had a bold face because it was something that came mm-hmm. up in our conversation this afternoon, and that he says it, it's it's a touch disturbing that some tracks don't spend the marketing dollars they should. Um, so he says right. sometimes right. with racetracks, it's not so much that they can't afford it, but they can't get the people to do it who are knowledgeable. Um, right. I find that hard to believe because. As you know, there's a lot of people out there that would be more than happy to uh, carry the banner of being an ambassador of racing. So uh, how how do organizations such as the HBPA and perhaps the different owners groups, uh, you know, forge a team to to get that through the head of the of the people at the tracks? Well, you know, I, I think ultimately we would like to, you know, we, well, let's say it this way, and, I, and I, I'll paraphrase from Randy Sampson. Um, many of the racetracks, they'll try to do it themselves. Um, and that could be not only alone by themselves individually, but financially as well. And, and we need to be able to assist in, in all aspects of marketing our product. And, and ultimately, again, as, as Randy said, and again, paraphrasing, you know, if they need something, they go to the Horseman's Group in Minnesota, and they figure it out financially. And if it's coming from both of them, then they get it done. Uh, so I think there needs to be a little, you know, more of that and and working together. But uh, one of the great things, and you may have highlighted this as well, uh, Corey mentioned, and he's completely correct. We don't use enough volunteer aspect. I mean, we we've got to get people out and and get them involved. And there's many people, as you know, and, and I know that'll come out, help promote it and, and dang near do it for free or, or a beer. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's something that we've got to work on for sure. Yeah. And I know, you know, one of the goals that we've set out here uh, where, I, where I'm coming from is that we want to make sure we have a minimum of one ownership seminar at each track. But what we're asking right. is the help from those tracks to help us publicize it. Not that we won't come up exactly. with some dollars, but we, we need their help because they've got the glittering tote boards and screens mm-hmm. and uh, you know free program pages in there. Uh, there's announcements that the announcers can make. Um, they've mm-hmm. got to understand that you know as much as we know they're trying to make a, you know a profit line. And right now I'm talking specifically to tracks that are attached to casinos that sure, that sure. we can help them bring more people and we're not asking for a whole lot just help us with right. the exposure and then we'll do the work from there well and I'll, I'll brag a little bit i mean there's many tracks that that are doing that well but i'll brag a little bit on gulfstream park um gulfstream's you know frank built an amazing facility there and they have under tim ritville especially have tended to go above and beyond whether it be whether it be us uh, national HBPA and toba at the claiming crown um or hosting owner seminars um you know there at the facility uh, uh gulfstream has has done exactly what you're saying in trying to lend and 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 almost donate as much exposure uh to those types of events as possible um you know it, it, I can speak personally with the Claiming Crown. Um, it's it's been a great partnership, and and all they do 
to help promote that event. Um, obviously, it benefits them as well, but again, helping us grow and, and spread the Claiming Crown. Um, but again, there are several tracks that do that, uh, and, and I would even say right here in Louisville, uh, they've been extremely, extremely good when hosting new owner seminars. And, you know, so it is important, as you're saying, though, to get these racetracks to understand that promoting promoting this fan base and generating that churn that we all need to, because that's, that's our livelihood, that, that paramutual wager is our livelihood. Absolutely, it is. Well, Eric Hamelback, uh, thanks so much for spending time with us. I've got your phone number now, so you're in trouble because yeah. we just we just scratched we just scratched the surface. There's a lot more to talk about, but I do want to thank you Absolutely. from uh, uh, taking time out of your day and joining us here on Winning Ponies. I really, really enjoyed it, John. I really appreciate the invitation, and I'm I'm happy to do it anytime. Thank you so much. All right. All right, we've been talking with Eric Hamelbeck. Next, we're going to be talking to a guy that we were just kind of talking about, and that's an ambassador of racing, Joe Christofek. He's down in Kentucky. He's covering the races at Turfway, but he knows a lot more about the other races that are happening on the weekend. Take a quick break. We'll be back with Joe Christofek. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, no stranger to Winning Ponies... Joe Christofek is with us, and uh, you never know where he's he's going to pop up. It could be uh, uh, in the Windy City. It could be in Dubai. It could be in Louisville. But right now, he's in Florence, y'all. Joe, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I was, well, one year ago this time, I was covering my third Dubai World Cup, you know, in the UAE, and uh, 
now I'm a turfway, so you're right. You never know month to month, year to year, where you're going to find me, but most likely it's going to be at a racetrack somewhere. Absolutely. And I know, you know, Dubai's nice and everything, but hey, tomorrow's Friday. You got dollar beer, dollar dog night down there, Turfway. Yeah. And like we said during the break, they don't have dollar beer, dollar dog night at, uh, at Maidan. So uh, we're, <laughs> ahead of, we're ahead of the game. All right. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna to get to uh, the, the Derby and, and Oaks pre- uh, preps later. Uh, but right now, can you kind of uh, walk us through, um, you, A, I've never been to Dubai and, and what it's like over there. Um, and I, But I know that you're still keeping track of, of the big players over there. I did report earlier that it looks like Arrowgate and Gunrunner are uh, are both uh, training forwardly, though things are a little bit different. I guess they're kind of in a quarantine barn over there. So uh, just give us a you know a broad brush paint of what it's like in Dubai, and then after that, I'm going to ask you about what you think about some of the specific horses that are going to be competing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're a media member there, their horses are in a quarantine barn, and you don't get to just roam the backstretch like you do when you're here, you know, derby time, you know, the backstretch is just packed with people and, you know, you get a close-up look at the horses, not only on the track during training, but you can visit the barns and talk to the trainers and so on and so forth. Not like that in Dubai. There's specific training times. You get to see the horses on the track, meet your trainers at the hotel or call them on the phone if you want to talk to them. It's a great atmosphere. I mean, the racetrack is is tremendous. They put on a great show there, not only racing wise, but entertainment wise. It's a major event. Uh, you know, but it's weird though, John, you'll be watching the races and normally you're at a racetrack and people are slamming their, you know, their thighs with a program and people (laughs) are yelling and screaming and there's losing tickets all over the ground and there's people stooping over to pick them up. You don't see that in Dubai. I mean, there's no, there's no paramutual wagering on site. So, you know, it's a, $10 million race and you can hear a pin drop. Well, I, I know that we will here in North America be able to wager on the speed of a steed. You're just going to have to set your alarm early for Saturday because I, I think a lot of tracks across the country uh, start their post time early so people can get in and watch the Dubai races. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of become a tradition, at least at the tail end when you have the World Cup, which now that they're back on dirt, you know, it made on, it's as so much more appeal uh, to those of us in the United States, because now our stars go there again. You can see the best of the best, whether it's California Chrome or Arrogate or, you know, whoever Gunrunner might be going over there uh, this year, obviously. Um, so it has a lot more appeal to us because the race is back on dirt and it's the, the result is uh, a little bit more formful than some of the years when it was run on synthetics. I know. Yeah. And, you know, that was kind of scaring away, I think, some of the North American uh, headliners. And this year, we not only have uh, the super horse Arrogate, we have the ever consistent, ever improving gun runner. And uh, it's hard to knock uh, Neolithic, who just ran uh, third in the world's richest race. Uh, just quick comments on those three, because those are the ones that our listeners know most about. Yeah. I mean, I'm a gambler like anybody else. I like to dope out races and try to beat favorites and, you know, try to find that 15 to one shot, but I'm also a fan. And in these kinds of races, you know, I want to see arrogate and gun runner run one, two. I mean, I want to see these two horses continue on throughout the rest of this year and the rest of their careers. Uh, 
living up to the stardom that they've already built up for themselves and potentially beyond. I mean, Eric Gates got a chance to be an all-time great. Do I want to see him be upset and run third in the, in the Dubai World Cup? Of course not. So I'm watching this race more as a fan. Uh, there's so many other good races, obviously, out there on the road of the Triple Crown Trail and just nationally overall with good signals uh, to be had as far as wagering goes that, um, you know, I, I just want to see a cleanly run race, a formful race, and, um, you know, see if Gunrunner can give Arrogate a run for his money. Yeah, I just pray they they all come back uh, safe and sound, as you know, uh, for many years. And this may have been because of the different track surface. Uh, The races over there just seemed to knock some of our horses out for a long time after the race. Yeah, not so much maybe as we've seen in years past. We've seen horses bounce back maybe a little bit better. Uh, I don't know why that is or why that would be. But, you know, you saw California Chrome come back last year. And, you know, he might have had a couple months off. But, he was right back into it by the summer and, you know, was good all year long up and through the Breeders' Cup Classic when he gave Arrogate all he could handle. So uh, it's, it's interesting, though. I think that um, we've seen horses bounce back a lot better in recent years. I don't know if there's anything to that. It's just co- coincidence or if there's, you know, something different that the, the horsemen are doing in their training. But, uh, yeah, I think you'll see Arrogate come back. You'll see him get some time off. And you'll see him, you know, Gunrunner, you know, slowly gear back up into their summer and, uh, and fall campaigns and hopefully meet again in the Classic. Well, Joe, you're going to be covering two uh, uh, races that will have uh, points for both the Derby and the Oaks. Uh, but there's one that uh, that's going to be raced uh, a little bit farther out west at Sunland Park. They have the Grade 3 Sunland Derby, and Churchill has deemed them a points race. It seems like uh, ever since uh, the Conquest Stable had their uh, fire sale, uh, their horses have been hot, 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 as, hot as heck. They've been winning all over the place, and uh, they say that Conquest Mo Money might be uh, one of the ones to watch here on Saturday. Uh, give me your, uh, your look at the uh, Sunland Derby. When it comes to prestige, the Sunland Derby doesn't rank up there with the Florida Derby, even the Louisiana Derby, the Arkansas Derby, the Bluegrass. But this race is worth $800,000, and it's worth 50 Derby points to the winner, obviously. And, you know, you've got a contentious field. You know, Pletcher's got a horse for every race. He's got a horse in the Spiral. He's got a horse in the UAE Derby. He's got a horse in the Sunland Derby. And Hedge Fund, who you know, broke the maiden back in early February. He's got a big chance. Baffert's got bronze age in, the bronze age in there. Talked to Bob uh, personally a couple weeks ago when I was at Santa Anita covering the San Felipe, and this was a horse that he mentioned could be an under-the-radar three-year-old that he has in bronze age, so he's one to watch. Um, you know, I, I think it's those two. I think one of those two will probably get the job done, but, you know, Steve Asmussen's got a couple horses in there as well, so... Uh, you know, Firing Line won this race a couple of years ago and ran second in the Derby. So more and more trainers are, are, are taking this race more seriously maybe than they did in years past. Yeah, somebody's got 800,000 reasons uh, to, to go in and, and win this race. Not to mention the fact that, as we know, we're to the point now where uh, all the Derby preps, except for, I'm going to say, the Lexington, will guarantee you a spot in the gate in the Kentucky Derby if your horse stays sound. So uh, it, it will be interesting. Just wanted to point that out to other people that uh, that, that, that is a race and there's 
probably the biggest race uh, ever in in New Mexico. So uh, we'll find out. Well, you are going to be very challenged, my man, um, down there. I assume they're going to put you on camera and ask you for your expertise to talk about some of the races uh, at Turfway Park. I look forward to seeing you there. As a matter of fact, about an hour ago, I got an invite from a guy that's going to be really busy down there. Uh, Dr. Kendall Hansen invited me to a private party he's having there. So uh, I think I might just stop up and uh, see if the bar's open and the buffet's good. But anyhow, uh, between uh, between Doc Hansen and Mike Maker, who's going to be busier on Saturday? Well, first of all, if you need an and one for that party, I'm available. <laughs> if you if you can get away from your microphone, you're my guest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Maker's a leading trainer here. He's got live horses in the stakes races. Wesley Ward, who's the second leading trainer here, has live horses in the stake races. I think over the 12-race program, and I don't think I picked him in any of the stakes, but I think I got Wesley Ward on top five or six times on Saturday. He's got some maidens that look good. Uh, I think Wesley Ward is going to have a, a huge day on Saturday, not necessarily in the stakes. And Maker's always live, too, but... Man, I think there's one horse that ran in the Bataglia that's running back in the spiral, and it's not the winner. It's Enhance, who ran second, uh, four maker, and, and Doc Hansen, I believe. Um, yes. There's horses coming from everywhere. It's a very challenging handicapping race. There's horses that have been running on dirt, on turf, on poly. Uh, I've got some fairly strong opinions in the race and looking very forward to it. I think... You know, you may have a vulnerable favorite in there, and you may have some horses at 6, 8, 10 to 1 uh, that can, that could run huge, and obviously Kentucky Derby implications as well to see, you know, who's going to get that coveted spot in the game. Joe, I want to know if you got there, you may have asked around, as you just alluded to Enhance, uh, who won the uh, prep for the Bataglia, ran second to It's Your Nickel. Um Somebody said that Kenny McPeak's pointing it's your nickel to the bluegrass instead of this race. Have you heard anything? Uh, from what he told the officials at Turfway Park three weeks back was too quick for that particular horse. And you know Kenny's, you know, Kentucky. He wants to run a live horse in the bluegrass. The, the horse ran a tremendous race at Turfway. Maybe he's just giving them... You know, he's got another live shot in in, in the spiral in uh, in Bluegrass Traveler, who looks a little bit under the radar on paper, but watching his most recent replay uh, and knowing a little bit about the pedigree and knowing a little bit about this horse's background, he's got a live shot as well. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's his thinking. You know, maybe there's some pressure from the owners, too. Maybe they, they would rather run on the Bluegrass. Well, all I can say is, uh, in this handicapper's opinion, it's going to be a little tougher field. But again, <clears throat> let's let's look right now to the this year the Jack Cincinnati Casino Spiral, Grade Three. I, I was going through it today, and it's just amazing, as you alluded to. I mean, we've got horses shipping in from everywhere, uh, jockeys that have never ridden there. Uh, Tyler Gaff-Leon uh, comes to mind. Uh, really impressed with that kid down at at Gulfstream. Uh, I believe that Kitten's Cat uh, is, uh, you know, going to be considered one of the major players there just uh, missed in the grade three palm beach and of course you're always going to have uh you know makers uh, dangerous in this race um 
you know, you, when you say beat the favorite, I, I don't see a favorite in here. I, this this is going to be a great betting race, I think, Joe. Yeah, I think Mike Battaglia got it right with the top two favorites in Kitten's Cat and Parlor. The question I have about Kitten's Cat, and I saw this horse at Santa Anita uh, Breeders' Cup weekend last fall when the juvenile turf sprints. And the way he's built, and, and I know he's run a mile and a mile and a 16th in his last two races, and he's run well. He just looks like a sprinter to me, maybe a miler. I don't think he necessarily wants nine furlongs on polytrack. I would not, you know, be against fading him out of the gimmicks completely. If he wins and pays $7, then on to the next race. But I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sold nine furlongs on poly is what he wants to do. But I also, you know, can't hold it against Joe Sharp for trying this race. He's the favorite. Kenneth Sarah Ramsey, you know that Ken Ramsey wants to backdoor his way into the Kentucky Derby like he did last year with Oscar nominated. That didn't work out so well the first Saturday in May, but that horse wound up being a good grass horse the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, Kitten's Cat can win this race, but I'm willing to, to stand against him. I think the horse to beat is Parlor. Uh, if you watch his race at Tampa Bay last time out, it was a pedestrian pace up front. He lost four lengths at the start and still won that race for absolute fun. I think this horse has got a bright future on maybe potentially every surface, and uh, I, I think he's the horse to beat. I didn't pick him to win because I think he'll be the favorite or the second choice, but uh, I would be shocked if Parler didn't run a huge race on Saturday. I was kind of surprised to see this uh, Saglio. Uh, Graham Motion doesn't show up in Florence every day. And this horse uh, has been well-traveled, started on the East Coast, and uh, recently has been racing out on the West Coast. Any buzz on this horse? Yeah, I mean, people, the horse is going to get back because it's Graham Motion. I mean, he won this race with Animal Kingdom and then won the Derby, and everybody remembers that. Then he won this race with Went the Day Well, and that horse ran fourth in the Derby. So... You know, you see grand motion, you see the spiral, there's automatic, you know, warm and fuzzy thoughts there. I think this horse is just okay. I mean, I watched his last race. There was a controlled pace up front. He was kind of held in place, and he kind of just grinded three wide. He had too much to do, but he ran third as the four to five favorite. Uh, Scat Daddy's going nine furlongs. Not quite so sure that, you know, that inspires much confidence, although... Uh, the horse is out of a Seattle slew mare, so uh, the salmon on the bottom could help. I like him. I would use him, but I'm not gaga over him. Well, just again, it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting mix. You've got question mark horses like King and His Court, a Triple Crown nominee that uh, threw in an, you know, an absolute clunker in the in the Sam Davis, but he's coming right back with Gary Boulanger, who had success with this horse in uh, stakes races up in Canada. He is a Canadian bred. He's trained by Mark Cassie. Hard to dismiss anything uh, he's done. And the horse comes in with just shy of a quarter million dollar earnings. Yeah, I think the Cassie horse that's in the Rushaway is better. I, I was a little surprised uh, to see them choose this route, but. If you're thinking Queen's Plate, you know, with that horse, then you keep him on synthetics, then it seems to make a lot of sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just watching that race at Tampa, you got to run better than that. I think he ran against some weaker competition as a two-year-old again, a horse that I would maybe stretch to include, but not one that I'm focusing on. 
Okay. Well, uh, looks like we got about five minutes left. We'll see if we can squeeze in the, the Bourbonette and the Rushaway. Uh, the Bourbonette, we're going a mile. Uh, this one uh, gives out Philly points. Um, I noticed that Julian Le Peru is going to take over uh, the reins on China Grove. I have no odds in front of me. I'm guessing uh, that horse and perhaps uh, Darp Wings over Dubai are somewhere shorter prices horses, according to Mike. Yeah, you got the one, two. China Grove is the morning line favorite. I don't think she'll be the post time favorite. Uh, I think Dark Wings over Dubai probably will be, but. You've uh, you've tabbed the top two choices, and then Delphinia, a Wesley Ward's horse, who was a seven-length winner here locally last time. Those are the three I think they're going to take uh, a good share of the wagering action, although awesome boss for Ken McPeak, who broke his maiden finally last out, or broke her maiden finally last out in her seventh career start, but did it by seven lengths. That's a horse that I really have my eye on. I think she'll love nine furlongs, and I think she'll like the poly track too, so... Um, price shot for me in there is awesome boss, but you know, the three we mentioned prior to that, uh, the, the logicals, as far as the wagering goes, are also logicals to uh, potentially get the job done, too. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a huge Wesley Ward fan on a, on a lot of levels. I was just watching his career and his ability to, to buy horses at, at low prices and sell them for a million dollars after they break their maiden. <laughs> but things have changed for him. People have gotten hip to uh, just how talented he is. And now he's starting horses that have sold for over a half a million dollars. And again, I'm talking about Delphinia. Uh, but he has been stabled this winter at Turfway. The horse hasn't been out since February 4th, but it looks like it's chopping at the bit to get in the gate. It just keeps spitting bullet works in the morning, and I'm sure that's not under urging. I, I think that's the danger horse in here coming out of the Cincinnati Trophy. That was such an easy win, and J.A. Garcia will be in there. He doesn't ride that many. 16 starts at Turfway, but he's got six wins, three seconds, three-thirds, 38% wins. Um, he, he's going to be my dark horse in here, I think. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. The only question, obviously, is the two turns. Uh, the horse's dam is a half to Buddy Gill, who was the winner of the Santa Anita Derby, I don't know, what, 10, 12 years ago. So there is some stamina on the bottom. The horse is owned by Stone Street Stables. They paid over 500000 as a two-year-old in training. You know, based on the pedigree, you wouldn't think the horse would be worth anywhere close to that much. So, you know, Wesley saw something he liked, and she's proving him right, and she's proven on this track. She's going to be forwardly placed. So uh, I've got her third in there, but she'll be on my tickets. There's no question about that. All right, got about two minutes to talk about the rush away. A lot of times this race is considered um, the the undercard race of the spiral for horses that wanted to get in but couldn't. There's several Triple Crown nominees. Again, I, I, I don't have uh, odds in front of me, but you had already mentioned Sailing Home. Uh, Julian Le Peru, this may be the reason why he's up there uh, for Cassie. Uh, horse has been running either on synthetic or on turf uh, throughout its career. Uh, he looks like to be a, a major contender. Um, then you've got uh, Cool Arrow. If you can put a line through the Risen Star, the horse certainly had a, a, a nice uh, two-year-old career. And uh, obviously, you, it's hard to ignore uh, the horse that uh, set the pace against what 
was not a good race uh, for pace setters uh, in the Bataglia. So uh, there's those three. And, of course, me being a Buckeye guy, I'm going to be rooting for Hans Nation, a uh, son of Hansen who uh, is coming off a 10-length allowance win up at Mahoning Valley. But uh, give me a read here as quick as you can because uh, this is just another field of horses coming in from everywhere with uh, a mixed group of credentials. Yeah, sailing home. I mean, he, he was only a couple lengths off. Kitten's Cat in Florida, third off the layoff. He'll show speed. I think he's the one to beat. Royal by Nature is the horse that really intrigues me, though, for Brad Cox, who's great bringing him in off the bench. Won the first two races of the career on grass, then ran a deceivingly good race in the Bourbon at, at Keeneland, beating only two lengths that day, and then, you know, ran a good second in the Awad at Belmont. We haven't seen the horse since. But Robbie Alvarado fits this one like a glove, and Brad Cox is one of my favorite trainers currently uh, doing his thing right now. So, you know, seeing this one come back off of the layoff definitely caught my eye and one I'll be paying attention to for sure. Well, Joe, uh, Christofek, thanks so much for spending the time with us here this evening. I know they're keeping you really busy down there, but uh, as a self-proclaimed ambassador of racing, you're doing what you love and maybe even making a paycheck while you're doing it. Yeah, that's all we can aspire to in life, John. And you and I are, are cut from the same mold, and I look forward to putting a handshake on you on Saturday. I'll be there, and you can be my date for the Hanson party, brother. <laughs> as long as I don't have to dress like your date, I'm in. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not a problem. Well, thanks a million, Joe. I'll see you on Saturday, and ho- hopefully we can uh, enjoy a break after the races. All right, you got it. Take care. Have a great night. All right, we've been talking with Joe Christofek. Tune into Turfway Park. Joe will be taking you through the day's card there. want to, again, thank uh, Eric Hamelback, the CEO of the uh, National Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. We learned a lot about them. And I want to tell you, because of all the good racing that's going on this week, that without a doubt, you want to go to winningponies.com. You want to pull down the easy win forms. We've had some awful good weeks and hope we can make you a slew of money. Uh, So for Matt Widener, my talented producer, and everyone at Winning Ponies, I'm John Englehart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.